Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Tonight, an urgent warning. Hurricane Laura, now a Category 4 monster, is just hours away from bringing dangerous winds and unsurvivable storm surge to the Gulf Coast. Texas to Louisiana, bracing for 140 mile per hour winds and catastrophic damage. The National Hurricane Center warns little time remains to protect life and property. Officials scrambling to evacuate thousands in the storm's path. Breaking news, NBA boycott, all playoff games postponed. Players protesting the shooting of Jacob Blake. Teams and referees walking off the court. The emotional message from NBA coach Doc Rivers. We keep loving this country, and this country does not love us back. Also breaking news tonight, the arrest of a 17-year-old from Illinois after two protesters were shot dead in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The teen was caught on camera earlier in the night saying he was trying to protect a gas station. Convention fallout, reaction tonight after unprecedented use of the White House for a political event. And with that powerful hurricane barreling its way to the Gulf Coast, Will the storm upend the president's huge finale plan for the South Lawn? Stunning reversal. In a dramatic about-face, the CDC suddenly changes its guidelines for who should get tested for the coronavirus. Was there pressure from the president? Superstar in space. A big day for Jeanette Epps. Why this astronaut is making history tonight. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell.
Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news tonight and a dire warning to Americans in the path of Hurricane Laura. As we come on the air, the monster Category 4 storm is on a collision course with the Texas and Louisiana coastlines, and it's growing stronger by the minute. Tonight, Laura is on her way to becoming a catastrophic Category 5 hurricane when she barrels into land just a few hours from now, nearly 15 years to the day of Hurricane Katrina. The unprecedented storm is now expected to leave parts of the region under the Gulf of Mexico for days, unleashing a two-story tall storm surge on the coast that forecasters say will be unsurvivable. A wall of water so high it could submerge half of the city of Lake Charles, Louisiana. The damage from the 140-mile-per-hour winds and torrential rains will also be devastating. Tonight, a million and a half people have been evacuated, and 30 million more are in the path of the storm. Those who haven't left are being told to get out now or risk their lives. As the Gulf Coast braces for Hurricane Laura some 1,100 miles away, the city of Kenosha, Wisconsin, is bracing for more violent clashes in its streets. Well, tonight, a 17-year-old from Illinois is in custody there, accused of killing two protesters with an assault rifle overnight, all part of an escalation of anger and violence in the wake of the shooting of a black man by police on Sunday. Well, there's a lot of new reporting as we come on the air tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by with all the news. CBS's Omar Villafranca is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Lake Charles, Louisiana, which could soon be underwater. Good evening, Omar. That's right, Nora. When this storm makes landfall, the surge is expected to be well above my head. The Louisiana National Guard has been activated. There's a curfew in place that starts at 7 p.m., and that's because meteorologists say more than half of Lake Charles could be underwater. More than 30 million people are in the path of the giant storm. Along the Texas and Louisiana Gulf Coast, many are still preparing for Laura's punch, while others opt to get out of the way. Lake Charles Mayor Nick Hunter says people who refuse to evacuate are in great danger. I can guarantee you there's going to be a large portion of the city that's going to see some pretty significant storm surge. So if you are here, you're going to have to hunker down. The storm surge is expected to be as high as 20 feet, with flooding as far as 40 miles inland. FEMA Administrator Pete Gaynor told CBS News the surge will be unsurvivable in Cameron Parish, just south of Lake Charles. Laura is expected to make landfall overnight, but already floodwaters are making roads and parking lots impassable in Lafouche Parish to the east. The Category 4 storm is following the track of Hurricane Rita, which barreled into the Gulf Coast 15 years ago, causing $12 billion in damage. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm Idea Villarreal near Beaumont, Texas, where families are rushing to get out of town before Hurricane Laura makes landfall. Lanisha Daniels, with her husband and four kids, will board a bus to evacuate, but have no idea where they'll end up. The way it's looking, it don't look like there's something we can survive, and I'd rather, you know, be safe than sorry. Some evacuees are being housed in hotels because of coronavirus concerns. Shelters in Texas and Louisiana are filling up fast and doing everything they can to keep people safe from the storm and the virus. Everybody comes in, we're spraying hands, we're taking temperatures, and we're keeping people social distancing, and we're doing every precaution that we can do because of the pandemic. 
Back in Port Arthur, crews are securing the levee system to help hold back the storm surge that officials warn could be unsurvivable. We urge everybody who may be in harm's way to take these few last hours to get out of harm's way. Some of the evacuees that we spoke with are going to cities as far away as San Antonio. That's 300 miles from here. There is a mandatory curfew in place. It starts at 10 o'clock tonight. So right now, people have until then to get out. And if they don't, they will be forced to shelter in place throughout this storm. Nora. All right, Maria Virial, thank you. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is tracking Laura's path. And Lonnie, is this storm still getting stronger? Yeah, Nora, it still is, and I think it's still going to continue to get stronger as it makes landfall. But as of right now, it's right around the coastline, still offshore officially by 135 miles from Lake Charles, Louisiana. It's a Cat 4, 145 miles per hour. So pretty good, strong Cat 4. It may become a Cat 5 as it makes landfall, but we do think it'll be probably a Cat 4, Cat 4 still. But it's 150 miles per hour. If it gets to 157, which is a possibility, then it would be a Cat 5. But for people who are in this area and are staying put, because Rita, in 2005, took almost the exact same path. If you survive that and you think, OK, I'm going to sit tight on this one as well. Rita was a Cat 3. This is bigger and it's badder. What are we talking about? We're talking winds 120 to 150 miles per hour around the Lake Charles area. We are talking that wind threat to extend inland as well, but it's really toughest around the coastline. In terms of the flooding concern, that even goes deeper inland. But we're talking a foot of rain in 12 hours' time. But the granddaddy of them all is going to be the storm surge. This is forecast to have 15 to 20-foot storm surge around Lake Charles. I saw a projection saying 15.5. The record is 13, and 13 put half the city underwater. I believe this could be worse. Nora? The most frightening projections I have ever Something else. heard. Lonnie Quinn, thank you. Another major story we're following. NBA players are sitting out tonight's three playoff games, an extraordinary move to protest the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Three people were shot, two fatally, during overnight protests. And tonight, a 17-year-old from out of town is being held on suspicion of first-degree intentional homicide. CBS's Molalengi reports tonight from Kenosha. The shootings erupted just before midnight. The shooter, alleged to be 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. It allegedly began when he shot one person in the head at this boarded-up business, then fired on protesters in the middle of the street as they tried to subdue him. The gunman is then seen walking past multiple law enforcement vehicles with his hands raised, assault rifle in tow, leaving the scene without being stopped. Today, Rittenhouse was taken into custody in his hometown of Antioch, Illinois, just 15 miles from Kenosha, and is being held on first-degree intentional homicide charges. Two people are dead. This is not a police action. This is not the action, I believe, of those who set out to do protests. Earlier in the day, the suspected shooter says he was there to guard the community. So you guys are full on ready to defend the property? Yes, we are. The governor is deploying more than 500 National Guard members, and the Department of Justice is sending federal marshals to assist in the aftermath of the police-involved shooting of Jacob Blake. He remains in the hospital, paralyzed. Blake's mother, Julia Jackson. It makes me sick for my stomach. And um, I feel like I'm in a bad dream. The players say they're going to boycott. Tonight, all three NBA playoff games are on hold after the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted their game just before tip-off. This, after Los Angeles Clippers head coach Doc Rivers was noticeably frustrated last night. We've been hung. We've been shot. And 
All you do is keep hearing about fear. It's it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. Well, now there's word that baseball's Milwaukee Brewers are canceling their game tonight. Meanwhile, the Kenosha County Sheriff said today that he welcomes peaceful protesters, but warned that law enforcement will, quote, be more assertive with anyone breaking the law tonight, including staying out past curfew, which has been bumped up an hour to 7 p.m. The mayor of Kenosha also said today that armed militias are not welcome, Nora. All right, Mullalengi, thank you. We turn now to night three of the Republican National Convention. Vice President Pence takes the stage tonight at Fort McHenry in Baltimore. President Trump and the White House is preparing for his Thursday address as that monster storm bears toward the Gulf Coast. Here's CBS's Paula Reed. Some people may get insulted, but that's With the, the president focused mainly on the Republican National doctors, Convention this week, he has shown a noticeable lack of public interest in the preparations for the hurricane barreling toward the Gulf Coast. FEMA's Storm Operations Center in Washington is up and running, but they've briefed the president only once, yesterday. And besides this tweet urging residents to listen to local officials, Mr. Trump has not spoken publicly about the storm since Sunday. Unfortunately, we have some very, very uh, powerful natural disasters. It's a stark contrast to previous hurricanes where the president made a point of being briefed multiple times on camera, supported by charts showing the storm's path, including one he famously modified with a Sharpie. You follow the rules, you obey the laws. President Trump stoked new controversy last night, hosting this naturalization ceremony inside the White House as part of the convention, a political display that clashed with his record of anti-immigration rhetoric and policies. All the rules, norms, values that have made this country great, Donald Trump will destroy them. The ceremony, orchestrated by acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf, was widely condemned as a possible violation of the Hatch Act, prohibiting federal employees from engaging in political activity. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows dismissed the criticism. Nobody outside of the Beltway really cares. Melania Trump also broke with tradition, giving her speech last night in the White House Rose Garden, where she addressed the deaths from COVID-19 a topic largely ignored during the convention. My deepest sympathy goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one. Following Vice President Pence's headline turn tonight, tomorrow President Trump will give his acceptance speech here at the White House in front of a group of over a 1,000 people, and his address will be followed by a fireworks display over the National Mall. Nora. Be a packed crowd. Paula Reed. thank you. And this programming note will have live coverage of the Republican National Convention beginning tonight at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. 9 Central. Hope you'll join us again. Tonight, there's new concern among experts, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, that testing for the coronavirus may fall off after the CDC suddenly changed its guidelines. Now, this comes as cases are rising among children and college students. Total cases in the U.S. now top 5.8 million. The virus has killed more than 179,000. Here's CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. The new CDC guidance suggests some who have had exposure to the virus but have no symptoms do not necessarily need a test. A stark departure from its previous stance that testing is recommended for all close contacts. That's alarmed some scientists. Were you taken aback by that change? 
Yeah, I was certainly surprised to read it. There was no explanation of it. I am concerned, and I'd, I'd like to know why the change was made. A Health and Human Services official today denied pressure from the White House forced the change. But CBS News has learned the White House Coronavirus Task Force was behind it. Late today, California's Governor Gavin Newsom said the state will simply ignore it. I don't agree with the new CDC guidance, period, full stop. More than 26,000 cases have been confirmed at colleges and universities nationwide. And as some K-12 schools reopen, the American Academy of Pediatrics reported a rise in childhood cases of 21 percent in a recent two-week period. Nationwide cases, hospitalizations and deaths are down, but there's a long way to go. We're still generating 30,000, 40,000 new cases per day. Uh, hundreds of people are still dying every day. Uh, that's a very high level. It's much worse than when we opened up at the end of May. Still, some restaurants here in Miami-Dade County may soon be able to bring their dining back indoors with some restrictions. The mayor said it could happen as early as Monday. Nora? Manny Bajorquez, thank you. There's also encouraging news tonight in the race for a coronavirus vaccine. Moderna said today that its potential vaccine triggered a promising immune response in older patients. All of the volunteers produced antibodies that build immunity to COVID, and the older patients produced them at levels comparable to those who've recovered from COVID. We want to turn now to a special tribute for a generation of pioneers. 100 years ago today, the 19th Amendment cleared its final hurdle and became the law of the land, giving women the right to vote. To celebrate, a group of prominent women are honoring the heroes who inspire them. They blazed a trail through the streets that led women to the polls. It gives us the power to determine the course of our lives and the direction of our country. A century later, these former first ladies, the first woman in my family to vote, my mother, Jenna Welch, are joining a chorus of females celebrating the hard-won right to vote by saluting the first women who exercised it. I was really taken by her suffrage activism. Anne Gass is the great-granddaughter of Florence Whitehouse, a suffragist who lived in this home in Maine. She spoke out. She spoke her mind at a time when women were kind of expected to accept the the crumbs from life's table. By the start of the 20th century, the battle for suffrage was one of the largest mass movements in U.S. history. Women marched by the thousands, turning up the heat on Congress and the president, until on August 26, 1920, when the 19th Amendment became the law of the land. I want to salute my Grandma Moffat, who lived in Montana. My grandmother... But for African-American women, the battle went on 45 more years till the Voting Rights Act guaranteed their right to vote. Rosalind Brock once chaired the NAACP. Her great-grandmother, Causey Pittman, a farmer in the Jim Crow South, couldn't vote until she was 59. She was ready to cast that first-of-a-lifetime opportunity, not only on behalf of her, but the generations who have come after her. Today, women vote in greater numbers than men. I was inspired to vote by my Aunt Ruth. My Grandma Jacobs. My grandmother, Lulu Johnson. And this will be the 26th presidential election since women got the vote. A right we should never take for granted. There's more fallout tonight from the sex scandal that forced Jerry Falwell Jr. out as president of Liberty University. Giancarlo Granda, who says he had an affair with Falwell and his wife, now says the evangelical leader 
also sent him an image of a female Liberty student exposing herself at Falwell's home. Well, Falwell says the image wasn't sexual and is accusing Granda of attempted blackmail. CBS News has learned that Falwell will get a severance package worth $10.5 million from Liberty. Here's something we thought might bring a smile on a stressful day. This tiny creature is a giant panda cub, born five days ago at the National Zoo here in Washington. Last night, Mama Mei Shang set her baby down for just a few seconds, giving us all a good look at the yet unnamed cub. Now, zoo officials say those hearty squeals, well, they're a sign of good health. Persistence pays off. Jeanette Epps can attest to that. Tonight, NASA says she'll join Boeing's first operational crewed mission next year. Epps will become the first African-American woman on an extended mission to the International Space Station. She holds a Ph.D. in aerospace engineering and has been training since 2009. Two years ago, Epps was bumped from what would have been her first mission, a flight on a Russian rocket. Well, now, 49, Epps says she's super excited for her first ride in space. I'm excited, too. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, our team will be on the Gulf Coast to bring you the latest on Hurricane Laura and its aftermath. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Coming up soon, our coverage of night three of the Republican National Convention. That's at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Hope to see you then. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.